Welcome into in-game chat for Saturday, January the thirteenth, twentieth, January the twentieth, twenty twenty-four. I really should change those dates whenever I'm doing these because it is episode three and not two, and it is also episode seven fifty-five and not four. There we go. So yeah, it is January the 20th, 2024, Season 18, Episode Number 3. I am Scott. And I'm RJ. Welcome to the show, everybody. If you want to get in touch with us, our phone number is 334-272-9228. Check out ingamechat.net for all the links to get in touch with us. You can find us on Twitter at ingamechat. You can also find us on Facebook as well. You can email us, everyone, at ingamechat.net. We are streaming right now on Twitch. Head over to twitch.tv, type in in-game chat. You'll be able to find us and join us in the chat room live while we broadcast. Got some people sitting in the chat room right now. Alternatively, you can go over to Discord and um, join our room there and chat with us on the air if you would like to do that. And links to that can be found at our website. Go to ingamechat.net. Go all the way to the bottom. There's a link for Discord. Click it. Go. You're in. So <clears throat> that is how. Uh, it works. Let me do this real quick. Out of the way. Good job. Thank you, Ben O'Brien, for the reminder. All right, welcome into the show. RJ, what have you been playing, my friend? I mean, it's only been a week, but, uh, you know, get any, uh, get any gaming in? Uh, still some more Virtual Fighter Five. I'm still playing in the league that uh, Akai set up. Um, it was a bad night. <laughs> Last night, only only won like one out of t- one out of ten matches that day. It was yeah. just a really bad, bad, uh, bad, um, bad league. But that's not the not the first time. So they won't be the last, right? I mean, there are, there are days like that. Uh, competitive play, you just it's just not your night. I know. The problem yeah. is, you just have the thing is though, you got to learn from uh, learn from what you what you um, experience through that whole thing. What's working, what's not working. Most everything wasn't working that day, but. Um, a lot of things I was able to screen cap, uh, record, so I could see things that I was I was messing up on. Mm-hmm. And in the chat afterwards, I learned some things that I uh, never knew before. So at least I got some things that uh, I can uh, like some techniques improve, improve on next time. Yeah. Oh, nice. Things like that. Oh, yeah. How do you like somebody was telling you, or just because uh, you played, you learned? Stream, uh, there was a stream going on during the league. Yeah. And uh, chat was going on, and uh, they they talk about things and techniques and what. See, the people that run this thing, Akai and uh. 
Akai and one of the players there, Chanchai. Shout out to shout out to those two who's been doing this for a pretty long time. Where's this at again? It's on Twitch. Oh, it's on Twitch. So it's okay, on Twitch, gotcha. Yeah. Um, they give out tips and, and techniques and things like that. They really want to make a scene and keep it going, and they've been doing this for a long time. Like I said, so I got to the party late. I mean, I knew about it, but I never gave, never was able to join their leagues really right. until uh, recently. So I've been doing it ever since, and um, I'm learning a lot playing um, playing in this thing. So I'm just going to keep doing it until I uh, improve my game and have a little more consistency in my uh, in my matches. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, um, still playing a little bit of a Grand Theft Auto Online. Still getting dealing with folks who live for nothing more than destroying your product that you spent weeks building up. I mean, it's a it's a it's a griefer's paradise mm-hmm. that game is now. Yeah, and it's usually some guy with um, nothing but I's and L's in their name, just so they can't be traced easily. You so, can, I guess, you can trace them. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, <clears throat> but every now and then, you still see you were killed by uh, Illila Lily or something like that with nothing right. but I's and L's in their name, so you can't figure out what what uh who took you out because there's like tons of people with that same setup, I's and yeah. L's and what other uh, bars and things like that. It's like a UPC code or something, but it is what it is. I just need to find a group of folks, probably through Discord. I could probably find a group of folks who actually want to um, team up and do some things that way. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of looking and finding out. But other than that, all I played this week. Yeah, I was um, I was pulling up Marvel Snap because I run in the same things where I'll get some matches where it's just like boom, win, 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 mm-hmm. and then you'll come across, you know. The way the cards are dealt, the way uh, your opponent has, the way their hand is is, is dealt. Uh, the locations have a factor into it as well. The three different lane locations that you can play cards in mm-hmm. uh, have factors in it. And uh, you get on a hot streak and then suddenly you get on a, a low streak where you can't seem to get by win. win anything. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it comes and it goes. Um but yeah, uh, as for what I've been playing, just uh, some more Baldur's, Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, played some more of that uh, last Sunday, and I actually tried to play some of it this morning, and my entire party died. So I said, oh, all right. So I went back to my... I wasn't very far into where I had launched from. Mm-hmm. I did not do a quick save like I should have, but I also wasn't very far into it. Like, I was getting set up for the fight. Like, I knew where the fight was. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was, uh, at first I went into it and it didn't work because I was seen. And then I tried to do a stealthy move and was still seen, but still could not win the battle there. So, um, I'll have to try it again or just skip that area altogether if I can do that. That's a top down view game, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So how does stealth work in that? Um, it's chanced, you know, it's like it, they can be in the room and, you can there's a there's a thing on the on, on from their field of vision that can kind of give you an idea of what they're seeing or what is in their field of view mm-hmm. but if you are crouched that means you're in stealth um and so there is a chance they see you there's a chance they don't if you're standing up that chance of seeing you is massive if you're stealth crouched the chance of seeing you is reduced quite a bit but there is still a chance that they see you. I'm still no. I'm thinking along the lines of getting behind something on the field of play. I mean, that would also increase your chances of not being seen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, but it still totally chance. eliminate your chances of not being seen. But it, but it helps your chances of not being seen. 
Okay. Yeah. It's chance. It's it's everything while there are literal dice rolls in the game, but almost everything is a dice roll. Uh whether you see it happen or not, you know what I'm saying? Like there are chances where you actually click the die and it rolls and you know, you run with whatever the the amount is. <clears throat> but um but on a lot of instances it's a lot like Fallout, it's a lot like um uh any sort of turn-based type of combat sort of thing as to the chances of them just because they see you doesn't necessarily mean that they have an advantage because they did you you still are getting a surprise on them type of thing and you have a little bit of an advantage when you do that but anyway i got to i got to go back and 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 re redo my setup for that encounter mm-hmm. um Put my put my people in a different position, and you know, just be prepared for what's coming. Because <clears throat> if I can group them around, it's basically a doorway. Um, for those of you who are playing Baldur's Gate three, very early on, you're in the collapsed ruins. You shoot down a weight that puts a hole in the ground. You get to go into the basement from there. There's a doorway. You're in like this. You're in a room that has one door and now a hole in the ceiling that you came from, but only one door. And I put the game in turn-based combat and moved my guys to either side of that door. Stealthed. Um, crouched. Mm-hmm. And then I put a desk in front of that door, <laughs> which also helps. It means they won't come into the room, turn around, and see us all against the wall. They won't come in at all. <clears throat> Usually. So, put that there, get my guys. Well, the this... The first time I went down there, I looked around too much, wasted a bunch of moves, and I got seen easily. Redid it, put my guys up there, but one of my one of my guys was not in a position where he needed to be. I thought he was good enough, but he wasn't. And and I can redo that, but I didn't have time to redo it. I think it can put him in a better position to not be seen. And um and then maybe I can get the jump on him, that sort of thing. So uh he said, yeah, Drunk Degenerate says, there's quite a few ways to get in there. I spent a lot of hours in just that area when trying different classes before settling on what I want to play uh, with a friend in a co-op run. Um, so, yeah, he knows what I'm talking about. But it's very early on in the game. And uh, I'll give it another shot uh, probably tomorrow as well and see if I can get a better position for that. And if not, I've got a save where I can just skip that area altogether. Or I say skip it, but not go down that hole if I don't need to go down there. I actually don't necessarily know why I need to go down there. I should probably explore a little bit more, but, you know, you see a weight hanging from a crane type of thing, and it's just a rope. Shoot it down. What happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Is, it there to, is it there for you to put enemies in front of, and then you shoot it down? No, it's there to make the hole so you can get into the thing and then maybe get a surprise on them. The best part is, on the other side of that door, is a bunch of stuff on the ground that they're all standing in and an explosive barrel. You know what comes next in any of these things. Mm-hmm. And if I can get them to group all in that stuff, the, the first time I did this, I was spotted. And, of course, they did their maneuver on the other side of that door when I got spotted. And not all of them were where I needed them to be in order to catch them with the exploding barrel. So, um, oh, Drunk Degenerate says it is definitely worth your time. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. All right. Well, I will... Uh, keep banging my head against that wall and see if I can get through that. Uh, I will say I'm not a very good player. 
of this game. I am... Do you have a lot of experience with turn-based um, gameplay? Not in well, you don't necessarily. It, it's not necessarily, You can play turn-based. There are two ways to. There's you can you can turn turn-based off if you want to. Mm-hmm. You can turn it on, turn it off, that sort of thing. I mean, turn-based still applies whenever you're in combat, but you can immediately go into turn-based anytime you want to in the game. Mm. And so each of your characters has you know limited movement and and limited actions um, per turn. Uh, if you're not in turn-based combat, then everything else is going on around you while you're doing all of your stuff too, which why, is why you want to be in turn-based combat when you enter this area, because if you're not, they'll just walk in at any time you're moving around. Um, so in turn-based, it gives you the chance to position your people first, a lot like civilization. You know how you make all of your moves, you click and you, know, you click in turn, and then all the other peoples, they make their moves. Never played some civilization, but I think I can right play. like the AI makes its moves with its countries, and then yeah. you make your move, and then you intern, and they make their moves, and mm-hmm. so it's basically the same principle mm-hmm. uh, in turn based. You get your guys set up, ready to go, do whatever they need to do, and then um, you hit in turn. And once all of your party has gone their turns, then the AI moves its people around, uh, and that gives you a position to where you can set up to get the surprise on them stand you know on either side of the door block the door so that when they come in they don't go all the way in and then you don't get seen um but yeah so uh (laughs) sorry i was just reading the chat room there that's Mm -hmm. all um do you know who that is Oh, you're not. Have you not read? I was the looking at the uh, file here. No, no. Does this username not exist? Uh, what the? I know, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. If you want, I can ban them. I, I, I have no problem doing that. I just, I don't know who. I didn't know if maybe you knew the person because you threw some shout outs there a minute ago and I didn't know if maybe you knew somebody. So that's all. Okay. But you have mod status. If you want to, you, you take the, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you, you do the thing. Okay. Uh, oh, is this no? Yeah, I have no idea. No, I, you know, <laughs> he's like, keep going, keep move going. <laughs> Will do. Um, so anyway, Baldur's Gate three, uh, I, that's what I'm currently working on trying to get into trying to get through this i guess i'm in the basement the dungeon um i don't know exactly where i'm at uh but i'm in the ruins or below the ruins so that's where i'm at drunk degenerate says that he could join the campaign if you want to just say uh that would be great i don't you know what i i would be willing to do that because i don't know i don't know what that's like um somebody joining my campaign i'm playing with like the computer ai they're in my Mm -hmm. group and I can control them every, anytime I want to, but I haven't brought in, like, you know, a co-op player. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what happens. Does, do they replace a person in my party, or do they bring their party? And we have a big party of people. I have no idea how this works, like, if you join. Like, if I join somebody else, is it just my character, or can I pick one of my characters from my party to join his 
quite, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So, uh, drunk, I am uh, <laughs> drunk degenerates. Josh, I am perfectly fine with doing that. We can jump on Discord uh, tomorrow morning or something and, 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 and work it out if you want to or whatever the case. We'll talk. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely talk about that and see how that goes because I'm actually interested in how that works. I'd like to see the mechanic of how it works with people jumping into your party um, and playing. So I'm curious how that goes. So yeah, I played that, played some more um, Strange Horticulture. I played... Did I play anything else? I really didn't play anything else that I can think of other than that. Um, Getting that far into Baldur's Gate 3 at the beginning yesterday or last weekend was enough. Um, Like that is not very far into the game, but it is very time consuming still because you explore so much of the area. Um, Does it feel like an extended tutorial? I never feel like the tutorial ever ends, (laughs) but because there's so much to it, which is why I still feel like I don't exactly know how to play the game. There are aspects of the game that I am not familiar with and I'm not, um, that I'm not sure exactly how it all works. Uh, watching videos on it, it's like, hey, you know, when you when you leave camp, make sure everybody gets buffed. I'm like, buffed with what? <laughs> who buffs what with with who with what? I don't know. What buffs? I have no idea. Yeah. So it's it's a learning experience for me. Um, oh wait, what does he say? I have not joined an in progress campaign yet. Supposedly, I get to make my own character when I join, and I get the XP you have so far. That is interesting. Worth trying out when we do that to see how that goes. Because I'm kind of curious of that myself. So, Yeah, that's about it. <clears throat> um, okay. I did a cleaning of my PC on third, third, two, Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday, I did a cleaning on my PC. Mm-hmm. Um, I physical or file physical physical. Okay. Yeah. Um, what I noticed was my CPU was running at like 95 degrees or at least the reading said that it was running at 95. Mm -hmm. It could have been wrong, but of course, uh, as soon as I opened up my fan controls and it noticed that the CPU was at 95, the fans kicked in and, you know, started kicking on, trying to cool it down. It wasn't budging. And I thought, what's going on here? So, um, I did a restart, not a hard restart. I just did a regular restart of the, of the machine. I didn't actually power down and then power it back on. I just did a restart from there. Mm-hmm. That did not solve it. And so I thought, all right, well, maybe it needs, maybe I need to clean the air. You know, maybe I actually need to do a cleaning um, of the fans. You know, I've got this industrial blower thing uh, that I use for cleaning the PC out. And so I took it apart. Not all of it, obviously, but I took the sides off and the filters and everything else, cleaned all of those, blew the thing, you know, got all the dust out. And I wiped down the glass, cleaned the glass. It's amazing how much better the thing looks just with a little glass cleaner over the, over the tempered glass that, that is the outside. It's amazing how wonderful it looks afterwards. So I put it back together, uh, fired it up and everything's been fine. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there was also worry that maybe it was thermal paste that maybe needs replacing. Uh, I have never replaced thermal paste on any of my PCs ever in my life. I'm not saying that it's hard to do. I've just never had to. Mm. I mean, it might be a good idea to do it, but... That wouldn't depend on the quality of the paste, though. Yeah, pop, I, I suppose. Again, I've yeah. never done it before. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it looks like when you pop that thing off, pop your cooler off to see what the, the top looks like and, and what to, you know. I've looked up videos on what I need to do mm-hmm. to clean the, the thermal paste off. And so it, maybe that was an issue too. I've been monitoring it as I've been playing other things and it's been fine. Um, it hasn't had any sort of an issue. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the cleaning worked. I don't know if it was just a misread temperature gauge type thing and doing a full restart fixed it. Yeah. I really don't know. It's never really run hot before that I know of. It's never run in that 95 degree, you know, temperature thing. And I mean, it was a solid 95. It was not wavering. It was not going up, wasn't going down, just solid 95. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But it's it's working fine now. Um, uh, but anyway. So let's see, we're at the bottom of the hour here, and what we're going to do is I'm going to grab this phone call when we go to break here and find out who's there and tell them that we're coming to them right when we come back from commercial break. We'll take that call. Then we'll go into uh, the news, because there was plenty to talk about with uh, stuff that we left off with last week, and then stuff we got this week, uh, what with that Xbox Direct and everything. Not that there's a lot to come from that, although we finally got a date for Hellblade. Uh the Hellblade 2, anyway. Yeah. So we'll go over all of that. Uh, this is music from the game Teardown. It is just a track called Chase. And uh, we'll be back with more of in-game chat right after this. back into well in game chat that is the game last faith uh, it's a boss fight music it says cold one beast so i'm not exactly sure what that means but if you play the game maybe it has some meaning to you so welcome back to the show let's jump to the phones and talk to chris hi chris what's going on not a lot man what's going on with you Sounds like you might want to uh, look up some videos on Baldur's Gate. You know, General Tips, because it's a, a Dungeons and Dragons 
Uh, base game. It is, and uh, but my problem is, and he, it's there is so there's so much to cover. Like when I look at beginner tips for Baldur's Gate three, videos are like an hour and a half long. I'm just like, man, it's overloaded. That's one of the reasons I don't like getting to those type of base games. There's so much to do that I like the normal role playing games that to get a story, and you know, they have a lot limited. No, I got you. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Now, but I don't I don't think that they expect you and and clearly there are people who do, but I don't think they expect most people who play this game to know all of those mechanics that we're talking about. I don't expect I don't think that they expect their players to know every single thing about this game. They do obviously expect you to have some sort of knowledge as far as Dungeons and Dragons are concerned, and I've got a little bit of that, but um, I mean, there's a lot to it, and and I'm gonna do my best to. I enjoy it. I really do enjoy it. I just there's a lot to learn. Yep, a lot to learn. So, what's been going on with you? What you playing? Uh, usual, just a bunch of this and that, and watching anime, catching up on this and that, and, uh, just jumping around all over the place, and just whatever suits me. Yeah, yeah. it's a good way to go. Yep. So, anything. Huh? So I get that backlog done. Right. Well, yeah, the backlog. We, we haven't done. No, we haven't. Done we haven't. There's so many. There's plenty. I, I look at it all the time, and it's like, hey, you know, you got plenty you haven't played yet, and here it is. And it's like, ah, let's fire up this old thing that absolutely is not uh, adhering to the, to the hey, cover your backlog anymore, you know? Speaking of which, there's something I need to do. I never I never got the chance to put uh, Cyberpunk on the uh, new setup. Oh, okay. I never got to see how it looks in uh, with a better resolution and whatnot. With what system? PS4. PS4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I well, I don't think you get that. Well, old TV, remember? That's true. And everything. And I have a one that uh, oh, well, now you go to okay. sixty frames. So okay, I, I told you how good uh, Grand Theft Auto looks, now, right? And everything's moving a lot crisper, a lot smoother. And I've never did that with uh, Cyberpunk. Okay, definitely so. do that. But my my problem with that is I don't think previous gen consoles got that update that came out when Phantom Liberty mm-hmm. dropped mm-hmm. and they did that update. I don't think I, the newer consoles, I believe got it, but I don't think the previous gen consoles got it, but I, I could be completely wrong on that. But I believe there was some sort of stipulation as to, to who was getting that content and who wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, what else, Chris, anything else? No, not much. Just wanted to tune in and see what was going on and, yeah, just so much stuff, huh? So much stuff going on that we've—it's <laughs> just not that much, man. Uh, I mean, there is. There's plenty. There's plenty that we're going to be talking about, obviously, from from that. But as far as what we've been playing, it, you know, we get to what we can when we can, and sometimes we don't at yeah. all. So, yeah, and I've been wanting to go back and play some of the old role playing games that I had, had that came out on the Turbo Graphics 16, and since I've got that new analog duo i thought well i haven't played through this and all and i grabbed a couple of those and set them out so i could maybe yeah. eventually get to it and then i just been feeling like i, I want to watch this anime series and oh there's a new episode on this one there's a new kind of another couple on this one right now and, right. and i wanted to get into the second season of this and uh if i get around to it that's going to be fantastic but who knows <laughs> well it's always good hearing from you man and we'll talk to you again next week okay all right, sounds good. Y'all have a good one then. Take care. Take care. Now. Yeah, I was saying earlier about uh, overload. It's like um, 
But I first bought a um, PlayStation PS3. Yeah. Never got into Sony things, and I had so many titles available to me all of a sudden. Right. So I had too much information of too many things to pick from. And it sounds like that's what, that's what you're going through with Baldur's Gate 3. So much information you have to take in all at once because of the success from one and two. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. What, yeah. No. The Baldur's Gate one and two. Uh, that was something that. It, that's one of the first things whenever you're watching these videos is that hey you don't need uh, you don't need any experience from one and two to enjoy three. Mm-hmm. There is no thread that connects the, the the two, and and I'm sure there is somebody who is willing to say no 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 there is a thread. But the significance of that thread is very small, if mm-hmm. there is one. Um, I do not own Baldur's Gate or Baldur's Gate 2, but Baldur's Gate 3, uh, I am enjoying. I really am. Without having played those other, those other two, I am enjoying it. Now, the stuff I was talking about and, and all the things that there's so much to do is not a deterrent for me. But it's also not a thing where I've decided that I'm going to learn every single aspect about this game. No. Um, I'm going to learn what I need to learn to play it and to uh, learn more so that I can continue to enjoy it and to, um, you know, make better decisions and choices and smarter moves and things like that as to, as to how to do it. So there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. And um, it's very possible and, and, you know, I don't know if Josh knows or not, but it's very possible that where I'm at right now is not a place I should be at this moment. Maybe explore some more, level up some more, then come back to it and mm-hmm. see if you can do better that way. So there's there's ways to go around it. Um, there's ways to tackle the things that you have to that you have to tackle, and some of them are very smart ways, and some of them are brute force ways. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just fight your way through it. Um, so. There's plenty of uh, different aspects to it, and and I plan to learn as I go, and when I can't, find a video on what I'm misunderstanding and learn from there. That's how I'm looking at it, I mm-hmm. guess. So, um, I was trying to think if there was anything else that I played because it feels like there was, but I don't. I don't think so. I don't think there was. Mm-hmm. Um, let's jump into the uh, Xbox Developer Direct that came out on Thursday. It was uh, the the biggest deal of it was the fact that we were going to see we weren't sure what we were going to see from Machine Games, uh, Bethesda, and and their Indiana Jones game. So we weren't sure, but we knew we were going to see something for from this direct for it. Um, but what we got was a lot more than just that. Um, we got Obsidian Entertainment. Who showed off the another RPG called Avowed? It is set in the same universe as the Pillars of Eternity series, which I think I have Pillars. I believe I have Pillars of Eternity. Um, there's these. There's two of these RPG games, sort of top-down isometric RPG games, uh, that I keep getting confused, and I think it's with Pillars of Eternity because I always go to my Steam thing i was like is that what it is and i scroll through i was like oh no it's not that one so because i can never remember but anyway pillars of eternity obsidian's great obsidian's great uh studio they made some fantastic games uh, obviously new vegas is the big one that everybody goes back to and says yeah obsidian can they can they can hold their own so uh the gameplay showcase uh showed off the first person combat uh, in the game it mixes 
you know, melee combat with swords and things like that, as well as uh, spells and magic and things like that, wand-based magic. Um, so it's it's almost like a first-person Pillars of Eternity, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, but it will launch on PC and uh, Xbox consoles on Game Pass uh, this fall. A lot of these, in fact, maybe all of them, are coming to Game Pass, I believe. Whether it be PC Game Pass or um, Game Pass Ultimate, which is both console and PC. We next got a look at Ninja Theory working on Hellblade 2. Um, they said it will follow in its predecessor's footsteps, and they meant, and they were very specific, a shorter narrative-led experience. Uh, so we're going to get uh, more of that. Or I say more of that. We're going to get a, a about the same length as the first game. Mm. First game was not very long at all. No, um, it wasn't. And this game doesn't look like it's going to be that long either. Which I, is fine. It, it all depends on, on how you look at that. Uh, if you look at how you value your games, you know, how do you, do you put a price on length or do you put a price on story or fun or whatever it is you get out of it? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's hard to say. It's hard to say like what Mario three, super Mario brothers three. I'm going way back. Super Mario brothers three. I cannot remember what that cost when it released, but I want to say it was like 50 bucks, right? Yeah, probably, probably about $50 for a super Mario brothers three when it released. Mm-hmm. Um, you could finish that game in a very quick amount of time with the warps and the tricks and little things like that. You could finish yeah. it very fast. Yeah. So does that mean it's not worth the 50? Were you thinking about that at the time you bought it? Obviously not. No. You were thinking you about, th- it's a new Mario it game. I want to play the new yeah. Mario game. But you think about it uh, certainly now at this point in life, right? Uh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you think about that 50 bucks. Right now you think about the bang for the buck. Yeah, I know. And uh, it wasn't a thing you thought about when you were in your uh, teens or preteens or whatever. But now at this age, yeah, you're definitely thinking about it. And something else that sticks out to me with uh, with Hellblade 2 is that um, it's, it's a story-based game. Yeah. You're playing it for the story, really. But it took all this time for you to make uh, a sequel, and it's not bigger, better, mm-hmm. more involved. I mean, mm-hmm. the, perk, the perk of the first one was the dealing with the psychosis that Sinwell was going through, mm-hmm. right? And um, and that's still here. And it's still there. So says sinuous, sinuous psychosis will play into the factor in the story with her seeing hallucinations as she moves through the world, which facilitate new dangers alongside the enemies she'll face in her quest. This will manifest in in-game threats, but also in visual and audio cues like hearing voices and other noises throughout. Um, more of the same but not bigger and better i mean like the god of war god of war uh sequel mm-hmm. bigger better more more involved and yeah it looks like uh they didn't do that for uh hellblade 2 no it doesn't look like they're doing that for hellblade 2 and it says it's coming to pc and xbox series x and s and will be available to game pass subscribers uh the final date that we got on this was may 21st is when we're getting hellblade 2 I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also a Game Pass subscriber, which means, you know, I'll be able to play it yeah. uh, when it releases. So, yeah, it, if if I did not have access to that, it would be 
Depending on what the price is. Now, if they're talking about it being a shorter experience, um, maybe it maybe it isn't a full price type of game. There was something that just released that was not a full price game. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. Probably the show we talked about earlier, but yeah, it was kind of like the uh, what Sony did with the PlayStation half finished, so it was like let uh price lower than the lower than the new game price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that type of thing. Yeah. Nothing nothing new really. Yeah, and Lethal Migraine says price is fifty bucks for Hellblade. I don't know. Hellblade, eight hour game, possibly would pay fifty bucks for that. If that's the price that it would be. Um I feel like I would be inclined to buy that and play it because I would just say I was so in love with that first one mm-hmm. that I, re- I really really enjoyed the first one that I am looking forward to this one as well so I don't know I might jump on that for certain games I kind of do you know I would kind of do that for yeah depending on my hype level but um, but at the same time it's hard for me to say knowing that I'm going to get it for free if I would jump into that or not mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know but I will be there for this one day one since it does have the um, game pass aspect yeah. to it uh, in my case it uh, sounds a little disappointing it took this long to get the sequel out but it just didn't seem you went for a bigger broader um epic tale didn't, hard doesn't seem like hard it. to tell since we haven't played it yet though you know yeah. we have no idea what to expect here is the motion capture way better than what it is do you get better detail in her face i mean um or in any of the characters I, who knows like what it is and i understand that's right. It all it is also digital only. There are no physical editions of this game. Completely only. digital only. Which is something else we need to go into because I have another uh, article from Ubisoft talking about um, how gamers need to come to terms with not owning their games. Yeah, that went over well. Didn't oh it? man, what a, we're going to get into that. Um, let me finish up this uh, the Xbox thing here. Mm-hmm. Visions of Mana was next. Square Enix made a surprise appearance to show off Visions of Mana. Uh, it's the latest in the RPG Mana series. It was additionally uh, announced at the Game Awards back in December, and we got more to uh, look forward to here with this one. It'll launch on PC, PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five, and Xbox Series X and S in the summer of this year if you're a big mana fan uh there's a massive amount in that series just a ton this one i'd forgotten about oxide games uh showed off aura history untold um i didn't realize it but oxide games is made up of a bunch of people who worked on um civilization Hmm. civilization four i think uh, is the studio calls it a living world and a strategy game with their decisions as leaders influencing the world. This extends to the environment, culture, and even scientific advancement. Aura uses procedural generation to react to player decisions, and Oxide wants this to give players a sense of ruling over civilization and nudging history in one direction or another. It'll be on PC with Game Pass in the fall. No console release on this. PC and Game Pass PC. Uh, that is something I still will not touch. <laughs> My PC Game Pass, I will still not mess around with that. I do not want to uh, have that happen. 
Then uh, they close out the show with Machine Games, Indiana Jones, and The Great Circle. Um, interestingly enough, I mean, it looks great. Um, it is Machine Games. They're doing the best to capture Harrison Ford's appearance. They're doing the best to capture somebody and doing a great impersonation of Harrison Ford. Um the game is first person. It's a first person action game with third person cutscenes and other kind of environmental things. Like if you climb a ladder, it pushes back to third person as your character goes up. Um, the actual gameplay looks like it combines uncharted style puzzle solving and set pieces with, you know, first person combat type stuff or whatever. Um, hand to hand combat, turret sections. Uh, that sort of thing. Indiana Jones the Great Circle will be exclusive to Xbox and PC. It was originally a multi-platform game before Xbox bought Bethesda. It'll launch later this year and will be available on Game Pass on both console and PC. So that's what you can expect from uh, from that. So I was I was happy to see it. I thought it was interesting. The first-person aspect of it really kind of was like, meh. Well, he's doing, yeah, that's right. Troy Baker is voicing Indy. Troy's doing a, Troy can, Troy's really good at doing impersonations. He did a great impersonation of Hamill's Joker when he voiced him for Arkham Origins. Uh, And now he's doing a really good Harrison Ford here um, trying to do that. So, yeah. Um, When I was watching it and it showed the first person aspect to it, I was a little bit put off by it. Um, it just, I don't know. It was, it felt a little strange, but the more I watched the trailer and what was being done, the more I was like, no, no, first person's fine. The more I came into it and was eased myself into just kind of accepting that and and being like, no, there's no problem here. I'm willing to give that a go for, uh, for first person. I don't necessarily know that we've ever had a first person, uh, indie game like that. And when I say indie, Indiana Jones game, um, I don't think we've had anything in first person like that before hmm. that I know of all the other Indiana Jones games that we've had. They've all been third person or, you know, the scum, you know, point and click type stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which really makes me want to go back and play some of those older ones. Um, Cause I have not played fate of Atlantis hmm. and there's another one infernal machine. I think I haven't played that either. Hmm. Um, there's a couple of those older point and clickers that I have not played that I would like to go back through and play. I do have them, so. Was it, uh, you said it was a Bethesda um, project? Uh, it's Jones? Bethesda, but it's machine, it's machine Games, the guys that did Wolf. Um, you know, we talked about that, okay. the, the recent Wolf games that came out yeah. through Bethesda. It's its own, you know. Look, I think, uh, so Wolfenstein, Bethesda, Fallout, first person, default uh, first person, look, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I can see it that way then. Yeah, I like I said, I liked what I saw. I really, really did. Um, and I, I, I've grown to like it. At first, I did not, and then it, and then my mind changed on it. So, I think it's because uh, he's such an iconic character. You want to see him, at right? All times. You kind of do. You kind of do want to see that silhouette of the hat and the whip and the jacket and that sort of thing. You kind of want to get that. And, and and I think they probably go a long way to give you that. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think third person 
like with Batman and like with I think I think of Tomb Raider and Uncharted. Yeah, Tomb Raider and Uncharted. They let you feel like you're playing those characters. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm playing Batman. I feel like I'm playing Indiana Jones or Uncharted, Nate Drake, that sort of thing. Whereas right. when you throw it into first person, it gives a little bit more immersion to make you feel like you are that character. Not necessarily that you're playing that character, but that you are um, that character when you go into a first person aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, odd, the pro- I say the problem. It's not really a problem. But the interesting part of this is Doom is in first person. Wolf is in first person. That sort of thing. You, you're only really familiar with those characters in this setting because you've only ever had them in first person. Okay. So you're not in any kind of a third person. They're iconic, yes, but they're iconic first person games. You know, whereas this is an iconic first person or an iconic character who you get to play as in first person. Mm-hmm. So it makes you feel like the character, not feel like you are playing the character. You understand what I'm, you get, kind of get what I'm going at there? I mean, to me, it's still Indiana Jones. Oh, no, I get it. I get it. I understand that. It is still that. I'm not saying that it's yeah. any different. I'm saying there's an aspect of immersion to where you are playing the character, moving him around in third person. Like, that is its own existence. I just get to move him where he goes. Whereas mm-hmm. when it puts you in first person, I am moving where I want to go. I'm not moving a character where it wants to go. I am moving where I want to go. Do you know, do you know I what I mean? I don't get that immersed. That's, that's perfectly it's, it's, fine. It's still, it's still Indiana Jones, whether it's first person or third person. Yeah, I don't have that sense of a feeling of immersion in, the, in that sense. Yeah. I would mean, so listening to everything you said about it, I would still prefer... Third? Uh, third, uh, third person. Okay. I want to see the character okay. as much as possible yeah. uh, throughout the game. Okay. Instead of the first person, instead of the first person aspect. I want to see Indiana Jones. That's perfectly so, fine. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. And that's, I think that's a lot of what, God, the, the, the video game forum threads were just pages long. And they were all based on the first person aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. People loving it, people hating it, people being turned off by it, people saying, let's give it a chance, people going into it. You know, it was just, but it this? was page after page, and it was all about the first person aspect. Hey, dude, look, but that's do what you did with Fallout. Make it, make it, make it a choice. You can, you can play first person or third person. Take your pick. They may end up doing something like that, although I know that there are aspects of maybe the combat that, would, that may make that difficult. Actually, I don't know. They may do it, they may not. Um, given how much the discussion has centered over the fact that it is not third person, mm-hmm. they may throw a 180 in there and give you the opportunity to play in third person rather than in first. I don't know. There's eno- there was enough of that to not surprise me if that is the case. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, ah, we've given you the option where you can switch back and forth. Did, it, seem, did it seem like it was uh, uh, unexpected? The uh, response for the third person, uh, first person uh, aspect. No, I think a lot of I think that was the wonder because we knew who we knew the studio that was doing the game, mm-hmm. and it's all all they've done is first person type stuff, and so I think a lot of that was just the question of I wonder if they'll do it in first person or will they do it in third, and they decided to go first. Um, so uh, I don't. The a lot of the conversation was a lot of people just wishing it had been in third person instead of first. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people don't like first person. 
the camera gets them sick. The way the movement is, it can kind of throw them off. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't play first-person games because of that aspect. It gives them motion sickness. Okay. Um, yeah. So I thought it was just a VR thing. No, no. It's, it's also first-person as well. In fact, um, uh, Hideo Kojima suffers from motion sickness with first-person games. Mm. In fact, he talked about it, too. I want to say he, he had a tweet out, and I don't know that it was about Indiana Jones, but it was about a game that he was excited to play, but he's like, I can't play it because it's in first person. Because it, it, it makes him sick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I seriously thought that was just a VR. Dana a VR was like thing. that. Remember, Dana was like that. Okay. Yeah, she Mass Effect was tough for her during the first person segments, or whenever there was. I don't remember if Mass Effect did Mass Effect give you the option. I haven't played. God, Mass I can't Effect. remember that. I remember she had motion sickness whenever she was playing first person games, okay. which is why she didn't play a lot of first person games. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will jump back into the news. Uh, we have plenty. There's been layoffs galore in the gaming world. Um, it's not necessarily something I'm highlighting with any kind of time, any kind of glee whatsoever. It's just, it really sucks. Um, from discord to Twitch to unity. Um, significant numbers, man. I mean, my God, uh, was another one. Thunderful group. They did, uh, layoffs there as well. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so yeah, A lot more to talk about when we come back here after this break. This is music from a game called Calico. It is the main theme of the game called Calico. We'll be right back with more of in-game chat right after this. to in-game chat this is music from uh, flashback 2 which came out in november i'm probably the main theme i'm not exactly sure i didn't write that down or it didn't tell me one or the other so
Well, you know, last segment we were talking about the developer direct for Xbox and a lot of those games hitting Xbox Game Pass or PC Game Pass. Uh, the director of Larian Studios that did Baldur's Gate 3 uh, has said that Baldur's Gate 3 will never be on a subscription service. Now, I say he says never, not innocent. He didn't emphasize it like I emphasized it. Um, because, I mean, obviously you could get bought by any company that decides to do that. Yeah, do it for you, yeah. Right, exactly. So, but they said that Baldur's Gate 3 will never appear on Game Pass or PS Plus, uh, says the devs. Um, and that's just one of those like immediate future things where it's like, look, outside of one of those companies buying us, um, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to be put on a subscription service. Uh, which is not to say that, the, I mean, when you get successful like that, when you do something that wins so many Game of the Year awards and you are not already under the umbrella of Sony or Microsoft, you get looked at. Yep. <laughs> As to, hey, maybe we can put them under the umbrella of yep. Sony or Microsoft. Um, but yeah. What's that million dollar man phrase? Everybody's got a price. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. Oh, here's a little quick hit. We got a new game announced after 13 years of not having the game around anymore. Top Spin. You remember really? Top Spin? Yeah. Yeah. Top Spin 2K25 was announced. Okay. Yeah. Now, who are they going to put in there? Oh, dude, I don't know. Let me, let me look at that. that that's, the, that's the problem. Who, who's, the current, uh, who's the current top of the, uh, top of the tennis world right now? Uh, Top Spin is returning the 2K Sports Tennis Series. Last received an entry back in 2011, which did not come to PC. But while there's no conferred platforms for this new one, uh, you there there's a possibility you get a PC thing. Top Spin 2K25 is being developed by Hangar 13, the 2K subsidiary previously known for Mafia 3 and Mafia Definitive Edition. Not much else is known about the game other than that, other than its official site that says it's coming soon. So we really don't have any idea as far as who's going to be in it or what's going to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those days at uh planet games, we were playing um virtual tennis and having, having, having a ball, having a ball with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking at the trailer here. I don't necessarily recognize anybody that's modeled after. Whatever. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm seriously, I'm seriously thinking who, who is the, who are the top players in the tennis world? Cause, uh, Back in our day, did, those players were retired. Or, did Topspin Top use actual players? Was it Topspin that used actual players? I want to say they did. Maybe they did. I, the sport, I really don't. Because the sport. It was 2K. Really don't, yeah. And sports, 2K uh, did a lot of that, so I'm not sure. I don't know how, how well sport games are going to succeed without uh, yeah. real, real uh, players. So... I remember playing Topspin. I really do. Um, that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to open that up. Yeah. Going through looking uh, at some of the other little quick hits that we have. And we'll get to those. But um, First came out in 2003. Uh-huh. I probably Corn- had that. Kornikova, Leighton Hewitt, Pete Sampras. So they did use actual players. Okay. They were on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting because, I mean, that's been a long time ago, and I don't necessarily know if, um, God, there is no other tennis game out there. 
Um, what was the other tennis game? Virtual tennis. Virtual tennis. Top spin. Virtual top, tennis. Top spin. Virtual tennis. There was Mario uh, tennis, but I'm talking about your real. Actual, yeah, actual, yeah. I'm uh, talking about your actual tennis. Tennis simulator. A tennis simulator. Um, yeah, basically. Basically, it was top spin. It was top spin, and it was uh, virtual tennis. Those were the two. Yeah. And I believe now, uh, Jack Kraft in the uh, in the chat room says, says if I recall, top spin was random, not real. Okay. One of them was, and but I see, but that's my thing. I don't think virtual tennis had real players. Virtual tennis. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it did. Jim Courier. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I didn't know if like the tennis world, um, you know, unioned up or whatever, and they have a players association or something like that. I have no idea mm-hmm. uh, if that's something to be done. And given the fact that this game hasn't been released since 2011, I don't necessarily know that they were going to be able to secure the rights to some of these people's likenesses yeah. to make this happen. It may be one of those things where it's like, let's start this again. Don't worry about the licensing. Just put some players in there. And see if there's a reaction to this, mm. you know, and then maybe we'll move on with the next one. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm looking at Virtual Tennis Four uh, on the wiki right now. Yeah, I remember. I know uh, a lot of these um, players in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. I wasn't sure, but that was vir- but that like I said, that was Virtual Tennis. We mm-hmm. don't know about Top Spin. Well, you said you looked top up top, I, I, top. You said spin. you looked up Top Spin. I saw though. them on the cover there, uh, but I didn't see their names on the. Uh, Playable characters. This I need to look at that again. Well, I can't imagine they would put a. I can't imagine they would put an actual tennis player on the cover of the game, and not include actual tennis players inside the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Recheck because they were on the cover of the game. Yeah. Uh, while he's looking that up, we'll go back to the comment that was made about Ubisoft. Um, the uh, Publisher's director of subscriptions, Philippe Trimbley, um, was doing an interview with GameIndustry.biz. He claims the company's subscription service had its biggest ever month in October of 2023. Boy, that's Ubisoft. What released in October of 2023? Assassin's Creed Mirage. Um, Which I'm not saying that that is what spawned their biggest month, but... I'm sure it had something to do with it because Ubisoft has a subscription service, Ubisoft Plus, uh, and and all these other different things that they've got. But they had that. He claims that their subscription service had a big month in October. The service had millions of subscribers and over half a billion hours played. Um, this article from Kotaku goes on to say that, of course. Uh, a lot of this could be the result of Ubisoft's various moments of refusing to release games to Steam, forcing PC players to use its services, um, and likely opting for a month subscription rather than the full price of the game they're looking to buy. But still, clearly people are opting to use it. Yeah, throw out that $14 for the month of October and play Assassin's Creed Mirage. Or any other game on their library mm-hmm. until you're done with it for that month, and then you can move on. You know, game's not that long. Mirage wasn't. So why not? It remains strange why enough people would want to subscribe. And it's, oh, it's $17.99 a month. It's not cheap to a single publisher's output. That's not a diss of Ubisoft games, although you might want to apply your own. But something that would be as true um, 
We're at Activision Blizzard or EA. You can subscribe to Game Pass or PlayStation Plus and get a broad range of hundreds of games from dozens of publishers, or you can pay significantly more to only get the games made by one single publisher. And indeed, a publisher with a very distinct style of game. Talking about Ubisoft. What's more chilling about all this, however, is when Tremblay moves on to how Ubisoft wishes to see a consumer shift similar to that of the market for CDs and DVDs, where people have moved over to Spotify and Netflix instead of buying physical media to keep on their own shelves. Given that most people, while being part of the problem, also think this as also think of this as a problem, it's not weird. Uh, or it's so weird to see it phrased as if some faulty thinking in the company's audience. Going to quote this guy here. One of the things we saw is that gamers are used to, a little bit like DVD, having and owning their games. Gamers are used to having and owning their games. What a novel concept, a concept that we're used to owning our things that we bought. Please. Uh, going on in this article, uh, the guy says, that's the consumer shift that needs to happen. They got comfortable not owning their CD collection or DVD collection. No, they didn't. Um, that's a transformation that's been a bit slower to happen in video games. As gamers grow comfortable in that aspect, you don't lose your progress. If you resume your game at another time, your progress file is still there. That's not been deleted. You don't lose what you've built in the game or your engagement with the game. So it's about feeling comfortable with not owning your game. What a stupid statement. What a stupid statement that is. Um, he goes on to say to GI Biz, uh, as people embrace that model, they will see that these games will exist, the service will continue, and you'll be able to access them when you feel like. Bull, big, big, big BS being thrown in that one. How many games got their servers shut off last year? Enough. You know, how many games are getting their servers shut off this year? Remains to be seen, but it'll happen. Yeah. Guarantee it will be. How many folks are making their own servers for their games that they love so much that have been shut down? Yeah. Um. Oh, wow. I have not seen this thing referenced. I'm sorry. I'm reading this article. Um, just after I said that, uh, we know that isn't true. We know how often services don't continue and how many games are no longer available. One of my all-time favorite games was published by Ubisoft in 2003 called In Memoriam. In the U.S., it was called Missing Since January. This is a game that I still have the box to. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a very ARG type of game before ARG was a thing. Um, God, I loved it. It came in an evidence bag. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it made it was made to look like uh, this game was evidence that the police got in touch. The 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 kidnapper or killer released these clues, and so the police were stumped. And they're like, "Let's give them to gamers; they'll figure it out." You know, that was the whole concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the 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 game comes in an evidence bag, and it's marked, and that's the title on. It's fantastic. And then you put the disc in the tray. Because that's how you played it. Um, and you'd get like these little motion videos type thing from what the killer was seeing. And it would lead you to a website. And you would go to a website or you would get an email. You could decide how immersive you want it. If you gave them your phone number, your email address, you'd get phone calls. You'd get uh, emails. Uh, all these different things. This was way back when. So you could also get faxes too. <laughs> when faxes were a thing. You could still get faxes. That's that's wonderful that he brought that up. Um, but he's he's bringing up a good point here. Uh, 
it is not on its classics classics range because the company long ago lost any rights to it. Lucky for me, I own a physical copy of it. But any number of other Ubisoft games from the early two thousands um, st- still have no results. He's been searching for some of the classic ones. There's no reason on earth to think the same won't be true of Ubisoft's current games in twenty years. Uh, okay, so he used a bad example with Missing Since January. It's wonderful. I like it, but it would direct you to uh, websites, emails, and things like that. A lot of those websites aren't around anymore. Right. Uh, that was back in 2003. They didn't keep up whatever they had to keep up for you to go through and enjoy them again. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are not active anymore. So yeah, there's a thing with that. It's kind of a bad example, but God, I hadn't seen that game brought up in ages. Which reminds me of another game that we talked about not too long ago that I still haven't looked up. Balance. Balance. Whatever it is. B-A-L-L-A-N-C-E. Mm-hmm. It's a little ball you move around with. It's a Both game I have. Um, the wood, the metal, and the... Yeah, uh, wood, the metal, paper. Yeah. Yeah. paper yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a game I had a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, box copy. Had to order it overseas to get it shipped here because yeah. it just it wasn't that. And so, yeah. I've got to gotta remember to look that up, too. There's still plans for Ubisoft to add streaming access to Activision uh, Blizzard games to Ubisoft Plus, as bizarre as that may seem, given the publisher's recent acquisition by Microsoft. Um, But that's the point. It's not about not owning your games. These things will go away. They're not going to be around forever. Mm -hmm. Outside of maybe you having a physical copy. And even if you have a physical copy, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to last. I got physical copies of plenty of games. And I imagine if I could clean them, they might play okay. But that's if my system was kept up correctly as well to where they could play those. You know, I'm, I'm specifically talking about my Nintendo and my Super Nintendo. There's now yellow. Yeah. I mean, my... Uh, but I put my those gen- carts yeah, in. My gen- yeah, my Genesis still works. My Dreamcast still works, all that stuff. But yeah, that, but that, that comes from uh, care, meticulous mm-hmm. care. I mean, if something goes wrong with it... yeah. Well, carts carts will probably last okay. Carts will probably do okay. Yeah, the contacts don't rust or anything like that. Right. I'm like not that, exactly yeah. sure what the deterioration in carts could be, and you're probably right. Those contacts, those mm-hmm. those cards on the on the underside. Yeah. Um, but I know CDs. You know, after a while, regardless of your upkeep, they're gonna disintegrate. Yeah, they're yeah. not gonna last forever. Yeah. Your should lifetime make, should make backups. Yeah, well, there's that. You can, but a lot of these you, you can't make backups because yeah. they read what's on the disc specifically. Mm-hmm. And if that isn't copied over, and sometimes you can't copy that, mm-hmm. um, it won't it won't it won't work. Yeah. Um, depending, I don't know. Uh, I really haven't messed yeah, around there, with it there, too much. There are workarounds with uh, there are things things of that nature, but yeah, there are there are workarounds. I just thought it was interesting that he's like, hey, you should the fact of saying they. Sh- Gamers should come to terms with not owning their games. Just as a ridiculous my, statement to me. My gut uh, in response to hearing that was this is someone who has no experience or very little experience with the... He's the head of their games. subscription services. So, yeah. I mean, he's obviously he's got to sit in his office and come up with ways to entice gamers to digitally own their games rather than physically. That's it. Um, And so he's going to look at, well, let's look at the other ways that entertainment has trended um, to where it can be a digital aspect that isn't owned. Yeah. So he's looking at a product, not the people who, uh, people who play it. 
He's definitely well, the, the mentality of the people who play. Yeah, it. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know, but I mean, he's the, he's in charge of their subscription services. So yeah, I mean, he's going to say these things. That's that's his job. I, I don't necessarily know that he should have said it that way, <laughs> but it's his job to entice people to get he's, that subscription okay, service. Okay, I'm about to say, okay, he's the head of subscription services, right? I think that's what it said. Yeah. Okay, but he so he didn't uh, vet vet this or or let somebody else see. Um, the state before we put it out there. Of course or, not. No, he was doing an interview, and that's when he said it. Yeah. Of, yeah, he was doing an interview with GameIndustry.biz is their name. So uh, we got a phone call here. Let's mm-hmm. go to it. I don't know who this is. We're going to go blind. Hi, you're on in-game chat. Who's this? It's Chris again. Y'all were talking about the preservation stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. The cartridges are very well being able to be protected. Uh, like. Uh, RJ was saying, you know, the cartridge connectors would wear out eventually over time, and, and you know, and sometimes they can get corroded. But I remember an example recently of an expensive game that the local game store got in Retro Game Planet, and basically the, the core data of the games is stored on uh, uh, on computer chips inside on a circuit board. Right. So they're they're very intact, even with ones that have memory like that, uh, like role playing games that have a save battery. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you'd have to do is replace the save battery. Uh, you know, of course, you lose your data, but you can restore those save batteries, you know, and replace those every 10 or 15 years or so. Oh, wow, yeah. Because yeah. it's that, it's that uh, hard, sealed environment that they're stuck in. It's not going right. to get in there. So, Quite yeah. protective, yeah. you know. So, yeah, big shell. Yeah. Big shell on that, yeah. And that one example I was talking about, uh, I think it was a Sega Genesis game. It was pretty rare and quite rare, even loose. It was around 100 bucks or so. And we happened to do some research and I found out that that one takes this certain type of circuit board and uh, Tim at the, at, the, at the game store, the manager, we went through some of the different other games and opened them up to see if it had the same circuit board and found a, a dark cheap one as a sacrifice and, 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 and then I took off the IC and then desoldered it and put it on another circuit board and we restored it and, and fixed the game from you know a $5 or a $4 cheap game and, and fixed it and, and made it worthwhile to, to sell in the store. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So there, so we'd like to talk about, there are workarounds. Cause I think about, um, the Genesis titles from EA, uh, NHL, uh, I think it was NHL 94. It was like this big, uh, big, uh, bigger than usual, taller than usual cartridge, mm-hmm. but it had a battery in there and a bigger board. So if you, if you open that thing up, I would imagine you see the board with the battery on there because right. it, it would save data from your, um, from your seasonal play. So something like that was huh. uh, was going on. So yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in there that's uh sealed up tight and yeah. well preserved as long as it's not humid or rusted out or something like that. But, right. Yeah, if you keep if you keep it uh stored and right. stored yeah. and meticulously care for it, it lasts a pretty good long while. That's true. And there's new uh, technology and, and there's so much knowledge on the old Nintendo and Super NES games. I'm not sure up to the Nintendo 64, but like the Sega Genesis and then Super Nintendo and back. They've, uh, you know, progressed pretty strongly and, and, and have a knowledge out there in the community because, you know, the other companies years ago would actually take uh, games from Japan that were never translated and they would find somebody or find a translation patch and translate the games and actually put them on, you know, chips and, and make a physical copy of something we never did get. And they sold them. It was a company called Tom Walt Games, but I've got several right. of those games. But... uh you can back them up, uh, 
there's uh, there's tons of information out there. If you dig through enough, you know that there's there's ways to back those up and reproduce them. As long as the uh, the technology is still around, where you can get a hold of the the computer parts to do so, you can, you know, if you have the knowledge, you can do it. Yeah. Um, if push comes to shove, I bet you someone could fabricate it if need be. Yeah, it's weird because I, as a as a collector's item, obviously the the, the carts themselves are, are, are where it's at. But uh, for me, uh, it's it, oddly enough, games that I used to only be able to own physically, I am now trying to gather digitally. You mm-hmm. know, all of those ROMs uh, yep. for the old Nintendo games and stuff like that, which uh, is fantastic. It's uh, my Steam Deck's over there, but yeah, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things on my Steam Deck's been fantastic yeah. to. To do that. That's how I choose to preserve it, I suppose, is to be able to just grab them and put them in one device. And but one is easier to do than actually uh, restoring or trying right. to maintain. I just want them to play. I don't want them to, yeah. to have a collection on a shelf or something like that. Maybe with the consoles themselves, not so much with the games. Specifically, maybe a few. I've got some um, yeah. that I've held on to, but that would, that would be the reason. Uh, Chris, thank you for calling, man. We're about to take a break here, but thanks for calling back. You're welcome. And the only thing out there that you really can't back up and do is an old uh, laser disc format if, if, if there was a game only on that format and they never did release yeah. it on other consoles or whatnot if it's only on a laser disc one you can't get it yeah yeah, yeah and if it, that disc rots away and nobody has a good one to, you know they're gone once they're gone that's it yeah. yep yeah. alright all right, man see y'all later then see ya hey, take care now I'm going to take a break when we come back we will just hit some uh, news pieces here and there we actually have quite a few uh, to jump into, and we'll get to those when we come back. Music here from, uh, we're in the month of, uh, I guess November um, is where I'm going through and just grabbing games that released in November just down the line. Uh, Super Mario RPG. This is the Bowser Fights, and we'll be back with more of in-game chat right after this. back to in-game chat this is music from assassin's creed nexus main theme from that game it's the vr game it's the vr assassin's creed game which reminds me i have oculus credit i say oculus meta credit credit i guess i don't know whatever i wonder if that i wonder if that plays like mirror's edge vr 
I don't know. I don't know how it plays. I mean, I've seen trailers of how it plays, but I don't know how it. I don't know how how it plays Cause I, cause in a I, VR app. Because I think about jumping from building to building in, yeah. uh, in that game. You know, yeah. But uh, I, I got credit to spend in that store, and I got to figure out what I'm going to do with it. Um, I don't know if I'll go. I don't Use know what it. I'll do. Use it. Well, I have to because it ends on like the 26th or something. Is the is the, it expires? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what you're hearing from. Pick something random and hope for the best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. What do we have in some of the quick hits here? We got Spider-Man 2 leading the Dice Awards and the full list. We got nominees. And I won't go over these. I'll wait until we get winners. In fact, when is the Dice Awards? Blah, blah, blah. Dice Award winners. When's the Dice Awards? Okay. February 13th and February the 15th. So at some point then, we're going to have Game of the Year nominees are Spider-Man 2, Tears of the Kingdom, Cocoon, Alan Wake 2, and Baldur's Gate 3. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 got a lot of nominations. Apparently, though, Spider-Man 2 got the most nominations for the DICE Awards, uh, which was interesting to see. Nine nominations. I would imagine Baldur's Gate 3 probably had eight. (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna say I can't imagine Baldur's Gate three didn't get you know a bunch up there as well so probably had uh, eight of them. <clears throat> Talked about all the layoffs going on. Uh, Gravity Rush is that and its sequel, Gravity Rush two, not a very often talked about game series, but for whatever reason, Sony is making a movie uh, based on those titles. And showed off some test footage at CES not too long ago. It was rough, but they're working on a Gravity Rush film. Interesting. Uh, what else did we get? Um, Until Dawn. That was the other movie. Until Dawn is getting a movie as well. I'm curious how that's going to play out. Like, will what they, route are they going to take? Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to hit you there. No, um... No. Yeah, are they going to are they going to play is the movie going to play out like one of the scenarios of the game? In other words, we're going to take these yeah. sets of choices and that's how our movie's going to play out. Or, or are they going to somehow factor in those choices in the film somehow? What was that what was that wasn't that movie called Butterfly Effect? Um There was a Butterfly Effect uh, film. Yeah, yeah, so something like that. The other cool thing that they could do, which hasn't really been done in a while, but um, when Clue released in theaters, the movie had three different endings. Yeah. And you had to, you know, it was random which one you're going to get. Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. It was random which ending you were going to get of that film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would be kind of cool if they brought something like that back. Close all three endings, or yeah. What I saw. I would think it would be interesting if they legit made a movie with a bunch of different choices and just made a bunch of different prints and sent them out there and said, you know, here's the movie. You could get the one where these two people survive or maybe somebody, you know, a friend of yours uh, in another theater got a movie where these people survived, you know? That would be interesting, I think. You don't look at all thrilled. (laughs) No, I was just thinking about something else. This day and age and... What, spoilers and stuff? No, no internet and choices and vote for your vote for your scenario now type 
situation. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm not talking about doing that stuff. No, no, no. I'm talking about them actually. No, I get, no, I get what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're talking about. Yeah. Multiple, multiple uh, films, version A, version yeah. B, version C, something like that. Then I think about how much money that would that, that would cost to invest in something like that. Oh, and but it cost and a ton. Then, and then I think about the like I said. Then I think about the uh, vote thing or whatever. But as a concept, I really kind of like that idea. I wish somebody would. I I'm curious if somebody would do something like that. And I'm talking like really. I don't mean here's a couple of different endings. Mm-hmm. I mean here's because there's a ton of ways that that story goes. Yeah, exactly. There's a ton of ways. And if they goes. could film all of those, and I don't want to say all of them. But pick certain ones where it's like this. We're going to film this branch, this branch, this branch. You know, a couple of different branches that they're going to film, mm-hmm. and then just send them out there, and you get get whatever's around. That's a lot for a game that would be typically a horror genre game, which is not going to like bring in the bucks. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily think that they're going to kind of go with something like that but it'll be interesting yeah, it sounds like a Bloomhouse project something like I that. i know i know it'll probably it probably will just be a movie based on the main story and that's it mm-hmm. um rock band 4 is releasing dlc in fact i think it released this weekend or maybe this coming week and it will be it that will be the last dlc and for rock band 4 and it is done uh rock band 4 been around there forever but uh Rock Band has been around forever. But, yep, that's going to be it. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What else? We talked about Top Spin. Um, oh, by the way, yeah. Uh, Top Spin 2003, it did use um, real players. Players, yeah, yeah. Real players. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Snap, we brought up earlier, they got $100 million in funding for years of development. Uh, plus, they're going to work on a new IP as well. That is Second Dinner, I believe, is the name of the uh, is the name of the the company that makes Marvel Snap. Um, we were curious about that because their publisher got sold or something, or went out, or or, or shuttered or something. But but they were okay. Um, but yeah, they got a hundred million in funding. They're going to be fine. Totally be fine. Pal World. If I'm pronouncing that right, Paul World, Pal World. This game is just off the tracks popular right now. It's called the Pokemon with Guns survival game. Pal World has already sold a staggering 1 million copies just hours into its early access launch on Steam. Um that says the studio addresses the lack of 32-player dedicated servers, saying the situation is not up to us. Palworld's whole thing, if you're unfamiliar, is that it combines Pokemon-style creature catching with open-world survival and crafting, giving players the option to exploit or eat their pals in the name of completing tasks more efficiently if they so choose. It's a proposition that evidently uh, resonated with players in a big way. Uh, Pocket Pair, which is the developer, has taken to social media to announce that Pal World has sold over a million copies in about eight hours since release. Uh, that number ballooned up to two hours as well. Um, or not two hours, uh, two million. That ballooned up to two million uh, when I got up this morning, at least. Uh, at the time of this writing, Steam is reporting that Pal World is its top-selling game with over 370,000 people currently playing, making it the store's third most played title at present. Um, they've also got launch day server woes with pocket pair warning, possible server instability and connection issues due to a large influx of players. Um, 
Currently, while Steam users can join dedicated servers to experience the game with up to 32 players, online multiplayer is limited to two to four player co-op on Xbox, a restriction that also applies when playing via PC Game Pass or the Microsoft Store. So they're having some issues with it, but this thing is massively popular. Massively popular. A lot of people in my friends list are... Huh? Suddenly popular. Suddenly popular, too. I really didn't think that that was going to happen, but man, did it ever just, like a tidal wave of popularity, just out of nowhere. Boom. Is this uh, Fortnite-esque? Doesn't seem to be. Okay. Because I don't think... I I don't think that you're playing against other people. You have the option to do that, I think, or no, play with. I'm sorry, I mean, I'm not uh, sure. I mean in terms of pop, popular, suddenly popular in uh, like uh, taking over the uh, video game, uh, gaming world suddenly. Uh, what would what was what would be good to to what would be a good way to exemplify that? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what the example is. There are plenty of examples out there of a game that just gets released and becomes massively popular. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not Minecraft, but PUBG, possibly, type of massively popular type thing. Pokemon Go? I would say so for an app. Yeah. You know, I was on an app thing. I would say so, one of those things. But Pokemon, when Pokemon Go released, Pokemon was already kind of a... a a pretty substantial established okay. franchise. This is not, um, but it's but it's doing amazingly well. It is on Game Pass for consoles. So if you've got Xbox, if you've got an Xbox console and you got Game Pass, you can play it there. It's having some server issues there, or you can buy it on Steam for twenty five bucks. The Cost of entry is quite low for a game like this. It is still considered being an early access. Uh, but if you look at some of the Steam reviews, which I looked at this morning, um, there is nary a negative one to be found. And a lot of people are saying, this is one of the most robust early access games I've ever enjoyed. There is a lot here for a game that just released in early access. Mm-hmm. I guess that's not something you normally get when a game releases in early access. Uh, a lot of fleshed out ideas and that sort of thing. But it is in early access, but apparently it is chock full of things. Uh, you, you, you're not taking a gamble like you may be on most early access games. Mm-hmm. A lot of things seem to be fully featured already. Uh, I don't exactly know when this thing is supposed to come out of early access and get like its official release, but they seem to be doing pretty good at the moment mm-hmm. with what they've released. It's one of those rare moments when a game uh, like this gets released and there are very few bugs, very few problems with it, very few complaints of nothing to do because it's early access. Mm-hmm. But there's all, apparently a lot here. I, I don't know. It's not like they messed around and released the full full game yeah. by accident or something. Well, I'm definitely going to I'm definitely going to give it a shot on on Game Pass just to see what it's like mm-hmm. uh, and see if it's worth the 25 bucks on Steam, which is probably where I would go with it if that's what I do. Uh, only for the fact that you're having server problems on the console, but also it'll give me a chance to mess around with the gameplay because if I feel more comfortable playing that game with a controller, I may just say, well, fine, I'll play it on Game Pass. Yeah, there's no reason for me to get this on PC if I feel like, you know, outside of the fact that maybe I can only play it with PC players, 
um, if I get it on PC. And those servers are doing fine compared to what the console servers are doing. So, I don't know. That's a possibility. We'll see. Um, what else did we have? Um, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, I don't think I've got enough time to really go into it, but, um, I was going to talk about the SAG-AFTRA made a deal with an AI company without consulting their voice actors. Um, and that's become a little bit of a contention between the union and the voice actors. Um, seems like uh, regardless of how y'all feel, we're going with this anyway. Yeah, they just it seems like they did not consult them, and, and that's, that was a big thing. AI was a huge thing for a lot of creatives uh, during the recent strikes, both the writer's strike and the actor's strike. AI was a massive contention point of like, hey, don't be bringing in AI to write this stuff. You have writers here. Pay your writers. You know, don't, don't do that. Um, and with the actors, you know, AI acting was not necessarily anything to really worry about. Um, but definitely the voice acting. Mm-hmm. The voice acting AI is definitely something to worry about. Yeah. So I see that though, I think we may, we may have talked off air about uh, the reasons why some folks are going that route, mm-hmm. uh, especially. And then I liken it to the um, cashiers at your local retail, retail store. Self checkout, yeah, self checkout. <laughs> Which uh, look, look, we I think we've said before, whatever costs the company less. That's what they're going to go with, going right? Yeah, I know. So, so just just check the money, folks. Let's see who's winning that argument. That's definitely right. Um, Rockstar, Rocksteady. I was going to say Rockstar, but Rocksteady Studios. At least some of the founders of Rocksteady have created a new studio, 100 Star Games, and they are recruiting Rocksteady talent to join their team. Um, I only bring this up because Suicide Squad releases in a few weeks, and the previews for that have not been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the previews for, for that have just been abysmal, really. Yeah. And I don't know. I think the game will do well initially. So I, I think it'll go one of two ways. I, I think that it'll be a massive influx of players at the beginning who play it. And then word of mouth says this is crap and nobody else buys it. Mm-hmm. You know, starts big, goes way down. Or start small, improvements get made, or word of mouth gets around that, hey, this ain't so bad. Mm-hmm. And then it picks up from there. But I can't, and everybody else says this too, I can't see this maintaining the longevity that they think it's going to. Where you're going to be playing this game for years. Not months, but years. They're going to keep adding content to this. And I just, I don't see that yet. I don't see it at all, to be honest with you. Mm-mm. And I don't know what they could do to change that. Didn't they try that with Marvel Avengers? Well, they didn't. Square Enix did. Well, so, okay, someone tried that with Marvel Avengers and it didn't uh, 
And that's one of the biggest comparisons that, that gets made to this mm-hmm. is, is the Marvel Avengers type thing. Because here you are with another comic book group and where you think Avengers would be like slam dunk, right? Yeah. It, it's yours to lose. And sure enough. Depends on the format. Yeah, sure enough, they dropped the ball on that. Yeah, it depends on the format you put it out. Put it out with there. with I will say a lot of the same issues. Going through the main story campaign was okay, especially after they they um, patched it a few times and and got it to where it needed to be. Going through the main story was fine, but the main story wasn't very long. And once you were done with that, the end game aspect was just horrible, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't keeping people there. You may find the same thing here, and I've heard some great things about like some of the story set pieces that are in Suicide Squad are really, really good. You play the game to get to those moments, mm-hmm. to get to those moments in the game, and further the story along. It may have something where when you get through that story, here's more stuff to do, and it's just like eh, I have no drive to do them. I got through your main story. There is no pull here, mm-hmm. um, and that may be the same case with. That's likely the same case that I, I would have with it as well. Yeah. He's like, I finished your story. I don't have any more in me here because I have no drive to continue this. Mm-hmm. I thought a lot about that with Destiny. I did have drive to continue just to level up my character and do whatever else, but I don't necessarily see that being the case here. I feel like this is this is a, and I want to call it a fad, but this is a thing that was popular at the time of conception and beginning of development that by the time they got to a releasable state that fad that whatever it was um had dwindled tastes have changed had stopped yeah. right the cycle for the looter shooter mm-hmm. had dropped um where it was really big at that time your fortnights and your you're ever ever ongoing thing, and they yeah. survive that, mm-hmm. but they've survived it while establishing it, and I don't think anybody else can come into that genre now uh and and take over mm-hmm. and and so I, I just don't think this is going to have the legs uh to carry it as far as they think it's going to carry them. Will it be successful? I think it will be um I think it'll I think it'll do well out of the gate, but will it last? I don't know. I don't think so. That's my thought on it. So I don't know. We're coming up to the end of the uh what's a bear? We're coming up at the end of the <laughs> a big old bear coming out of his cave. Uh we're coming up to the end of the show here and I want to thank everybody for joining us in the chat room and listening on the uh, stream and on the radio. Thanks for Chris for calling in there. Uh, and everybody who gets our, our show each week off of iTunes or however you get our show, we really do appreciate it. We're on Spotify, by the way. Uh, I keep uploading the show. I've started this towards the end of last year. I started uploading to Spotify because Multile had given me a mention that, hey, you ever thought of uploading to Spotify? Well, I did. So it's there. Uh, so if you guys want it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us and everyone in the chat room as well. You guys are fantastic for showing up every single weekend, and we do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, we got music here from, oh, man, it's a great game, American Arcadia. Wonderful little side-scroller. There is a section where your character comes across a room with a piano in it and just sits down and starts to play it, and this is what he plays. We We will be back next Saturday. You guys have a fantastic week, and we'll see you then.